Successful execution comes from a good system. This is Brand Igniter, helping brand leaders achieve exceptional business results. A podcast from Brand Igniter Inc. Here is your host, Peter Rodriguez. I am Peter Rodriguez, a charter marketer and CMO of Brand Igniter Inc. I welcome you to our podcast. I thank you for listening and I hope you find value in our content. Brand Tips brings knowledge and advice for brand management based on the real-life marketing and business experience that marketers and business leaders find valuable. Brand Tips is proud to interview Sakib Bali, co-founder and partner at Beyond Frontiers, executive in residence at Spiderworks and an independent board director. As an executive, Sakib's experience includes senior management roles at Tier 1 companies, among them President of Duracell and Head of Commercial Operations at Procter Gamble. His leadership has pioneered the expansion of big brands and businesses in North America, Europe and Asia. So welcome Sakib, thank you very much for giving us your time today. Thank you very much, Peter. It's always a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you. Talk to us about your vision. You know, Peter, um, I, I think it, it's uh, it's a bit humbling to talk about my own vision, but personally, what 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 drives me is when we can we can unlock value and pioneer expansion, um, and expansion both for businesses and also for the people that touch it. So, you know, for business, it's about how you deliver on opportunities. For business, it's about building a culture of uh, of amazing value uh, that that is there for everyone you interact with. It's how you make people feel. Um, but whether it's unlocking opportunities for businesses or it's about building a culture, both of them are predicated on flawless execution. Now, speaking of execution, um, we know uh, that execution of plans is of critical importance for any business, yet many organizations fail to execute their plans. From your point of view, do leaders pay as much attention to execution as they do to strategy? I, I think they do, Peter. Um, the, the issue is not necessarily with wanting to pay attention. I think the it's about it's about um, having a system that enables you to pay attention um, as you go along so it's it's less about wanting and it's more about having a system so what does one have to do to have a good system what is a good practice to get to that system that enables execution yeah, and I, I think before we get to the solution of it, um, I mean, what causes that problem to exist in the first place is that um, generally, if you take a look at um, how strategy and execution pan out in an organization, um, strategy rolls uphill while execution rolls downhill. Um, and so it's just the distance one creates between strategy and execution um, that creates some of those problems. Mm -hmm. the, the, other, the other area is um, not having a system simply uh, has also been a result of, uh, you know, there are lots of cost cutting measures that have happened. And because of those cost cutting measures, generally what ends up happening is that, that leaders would, would think about outsourcing execution. 
because they don't think about outsourcing strategy, but they, they think about outsourcing execution. And when leaders outsource execution, um, what goes along with that outsource is also the ownership and the responsibility. Um, and so if you have a robust system, uh, and in today's world, that would be technology enabled. But if you have a robust system, then you can avoid the pitfall of having to outsource not just the work, but also the ownership. So do you think people understand execution as a strategic activity, as important as planning, or do we have to do something to bring them together in the same level of importance? I absolutely believe that every leader in the organization um, does feel that execution is as important as strategy. It's a matter of where they put their attention and, and, and where they put their time and effort and resources. Um, and in the past, uh, call it lack of uh, resources available to them, uh, which today technology enables in lots of ways, uh, it has been a more of a difficult task. Uh, I can tell you from my own personal experience, right? I mean, the time when I was in Europe, uh, looking after about 32 countries on fragrances and cosmetics, it was extremely difficult. Um, we, we would we would invest a lot of money in coming up with amazing strategy and amazing plans and amazing collateral that goes with it, and then you deploy it to the to the respective countries and and not necessarily get a feedback. And by the time you'd get the feedback, it'd be too late to to change the current execution. So it would then be you'd get these learnings which would be dated. It would not be capturing the data at the right time, um, and those learnings would then get applied to the next execution round. Uh, but that real-time nature of knowing when, uh, you know, knowing how that execution's going at the time while it's happening, um, is I think the itch that I've had over my 25-plus year career. Mm -hmm. So, in your ex extensive experience, tell us about a success a success story on execution. What were the key learnings around that execution that made the difference for success? I think there were there were for sure pockets of, of great success in many different places. But you know what? I will then to borrow from my execution uh, experience. I would say to, in today's world, take a look at some of the tech companies that are executing flawlessly, brilliantly because of all the technology that's available. Take a look at how Apple executes. Right? It's not just that they design great products. Uh, but they execute them with flawless um, detail. I mean, you go into an Apple store and you realize exactly the attention to detail that they've given. Um, that's just, that's a product example. But then you take a look at a service example. I mean, you take a look at Uber or Airbnb. Um, they own the rails between from the time that you hail a cab to the point that you, you know, you, you actually go ahead and, and get that service delivered. And from that also their ratings and reviews and, and, and stuff like that. So there's a, there's a constant learning of how that execution's happening in real time that enables them to design even better products and services. And so this attention to execution in today's world is also a means to designing a better service, a better mousetrap for, for how the consumers and the end users are going to be using your service or product. So that sounds very interesting. It's almost like if execution can be a source of competitive advantage that people are not taking advantage, some companies are not taking advantage of, but some of them are. So um, I've heard you say before that the lack of discipline or the lack of system is at the source of why people 
and companies struggle with execution. Well, why does that happen? What is, being such an important part of the operation in an organization, how is it that some organizations tend to be a little lighter on discipline or system for execution? And it relates back to the, the stuff we spoke about, right? I mean, the two things that come to mind, one of them is just in terms of where it lies on, on the ladder of the organization. So strategy moves up while execution moves down. Um, the other issue is, uh, like we spoke about outsourcing, um, you know, execution is the place where when cost cutting is, is quite uh, prevalent, then, then execution is what gets outsourced. Um, and in that process, it's not just the work that gets outsourced, but also uh, the responsibility of, of execution that gets outsourced. Mm -hmm. Now, um, it seems like um, the there needs to be some advice for leaders around execution. What would you what, what would your advice be for leaders to ensure that execution achieves the objectives? Yeah, and and to me. Um, you know, my advice to them would be find a system. And in today's age, that's generally going to be enabled by technology. Mm -hmm. So in other words, it's only like regain ownership of the execution. Don't um, don't take it outside of the organization. Retain that ability, that ownership of the execution. Is that right? Correct. So uh, retain the ownership, even if the work is getting outsourced, retain the ownership. Um, and you can do so by by enabling a system that can that can help you do so. Mm -hmm. In your experience, is technology helping or getting in the way of great execution? You have mentioned technology a couple of times, but sometimes it, technology can be something used properly and sometimes not so well. So in this case for execution, is it in the way or is it enabling execution? Yeah, so technology can, can um, you know, it, technology is not an objective, right? It's, it's, a, it's an enabler. So, so when we talk about technology, for sure it enables and for sure it, it, uh, it helps in a, and supports in a, in a big way. The, the time when it does come in the way is when um, leaders begin with, uh, uh, begin with wanting to implement something versus starting with the business questions, right? So if they start with business questions, what is it that's keeping me up at night uh, as it relates to execution in this specific um, conversation? But what is it that keeps that's keeping me up at night? <clears throat> what is it that, that um, you know, I'm being asked of and I don't have answers to? What is it that my people are, um, uh, are asking and they don't have answers to? What is it that I'm asking my people and they don't have ready answers to? So if you start with business questions, that helps frame the the uh, the need in a in a very very positive way. And then that you, there are so many solutions that are out there. Um, but once you're clear on your business questions, what is it that you're trying to solve? You will get to a great solution. And there are lots and lots of options out there. That is a great piece of advice. Getting back to the business issue, the business questions, as opposed to starting with technology for technology technology's sake. Now you and your team at Beyond Frontiers have developed a unique solution for execution named Sightline, uh, which is the smart merchandising solution. Tell us about Sightline. What is its purpose and how did it come to be? So our dream at Sightline is to 
you know, if you want us to dream a bit big, we'd like we'd love to be the Uber of getting things done. Um, and you know, it, that that means uh, it's a way that you we we confirm compliance of the work that's getting done in real time. It's about finding um, lots and lots of productivity in the plans um, that are being executed. It's also uncovering lots of insights for amazing business decisions and and decision making, which can then generate lots of uh, more creative um, plans that can be executed in future. Mm -hmm. So um, how did this come to life? Like as you were thinking about this need in the marketplace? Uh, you know, it, it's been over the 25-year career. I mean, it's and, and it's just in different times. Um, we used to invest a lot of money in in uh, on the strategy side, on developing amazing creative that should get deployed in the market. Uh, so that was the start point uh, of of that itch that has been there for forever. And now, with the technology options available, um, I can actually do something and impact it in in a positive way. So. So it's it's very liberating. It's it's a lot of fun, um, and at the same time, as we've spoken with so many different companies, um, they are all very open to um, to uh, uncovering that journey as, as as with us, along with us. Yeah. So one of the things that I've heard from executives about execution is that sometimes we speak as business people in terms that are become very complex and they become very elaborate when complexity that is not necessary and this is something that can get in the way of communicating clearly with the entire organization especially the frontline um, people who are executing the plans so if you had to tell uh, the frontline teams about a sideline as part of execution what would you tell them in simplified in a simplified way um, i would say this would be a way to empower the frontline people in a major way. Um, imagine not having to um, go through multiple systems to document the work that you're doing. Imagine not having to um, take down the amount of time it takes for you to spend on something. Imagine when, um, when uh, you know, uh, serving most of the time productively in the work that you're doing um, versus having to do all the administrative stuff that goes with it. Um, so I think there's a there's a lot of ways in which it, it simplifies um, the the lives of the frontline people. So Saki, if you had to um, communicate to the people who are in the front lines executing the plans, making sure that they understand what you want to do, what how would you talk to them about sideline? What is sideline for them? I would say it's seeing is believing, right? And it's uh, seeing the work getting done while it's getting done uh, in real time. Uh, that is that is the magical power of sightline. That is very powerful because the, I don't think that there is something like that in the market today. There is uh, very little. It's either complex and lengthy in time, uh, and, but that simplification that you just mentioned is great. So, if you had to talk about the three big benefits um, of, of sightline, what would you say to the um, industry, the frontline uh, people who execute, what is sideline for them? The three big benefits. I think the three big benefits are it confirms compliance in real time. Uh, it improves productivity of the frontline staff and empowers them. And to me, the third one is it provides insights to leaders within the organization um, for better decision making. 
Mm -hmm. So let's say we go a year into the future, a year after an organization has adopted the use of sightline as a means of execution. What would their operation look like? How will it have changed? Yeah, so so the the operation would become seamless, right? And what would uh, what would happen is that um, every step of that operation would be digitally captured, right? And and as you do that over a period of time, um, sightlines, backend AI, and machine learning would actually end up giving suggestions for improvements. So. So after about a year or, or a, a bit longer than that, say over a, it takes about a year to complete the cycle, but over and above that, I think the, the predictive nature of what works, what doesn't work is also going to be extremely critical. That is awesome. Now, speaking about the natural fit of sideline for organizations, who would be the natural matches the, for, uh, for sideline? those who would see an immediate impact in their operations any organization that has significant number of people in the front line right so uh, when it comes to fmcgs for example uh, it's how they execute their plans at retail right so they need boots on the ground they need people going out and doing their stuff whether that's uh, setting up a shelf uh, setting up a display putting up point of sale material uh, taking, doing price checks, et cetera, et cetera. All of that um, is, so a fast moving consumer goods company would be a, an ideal candidate on one side. On another side, uh, we are seeing a lot of great traction from um, home healthcare and social services companies um, that also em employ a, you know, a, a large contingent of frontline staff that are going out and delivering critical um, uh, services to, uh, to people who are either, um, you know, they, they require services at home. So they could be people with disabilities or they could be people with, uh, with um, mobility issues um, or, uh, you know, they could be, they could be seniors. Um, and so uh, those, are, those are the two, I think, fast moving consumer goods on one side uh, and also on home health and social services companies on the other. So in the middle of all this great opportunity, what are the big obstacles that Sideline must overcome, let's say this year? Um, I think the, the biggest obstacle uh, that we need to overcome is inertia. It's about uh, always have, doing things the way we've always done. Right, um, and so for leaders to to leaders in organizations to actually spark up to this opportunity, um, th that's the, that inertia is the biggest um, barrier that we need to overcome. And I think as we go and then present use cases, and as we go ahead and, and give people data in terms of how is it that it's improve, it's confirming compliance on one side, improving productivity, and frankly giving great insights for business business decision making. I think all of that is going to be the way to overcome those obstacles of inertia. If you can, if you can somehow or the other get a handle on the execution itself, it is going to unleash lots and lots of value. Um, so right now, because of not having that system and not um, not following it along, or not digitally capturing it, um, it's actually leaving money on the table. If you want uh, low-hanging fruit of unlocking some value in in your top line and bottom line then uh, for sure by all means ask the right business questions 
as it relates to your execution, the front line, which will then enable you to look for a solution which is technology enabled. Um, and, and if anyone wants to reach out to me for, for, for more details on that, I'd be more than happy to help. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, and at the same time, if you want to get in touch with me directly, it's socket.valley at sightline.live. Once again, thank you very much, Saki, for taking the time to speak with us. And I look forward to the next opportunity to have you join us to continue to talk about these important matters for leaders today. Thank you. Thank you very much, Peter. Pleasure being here. So this was our podcast for today. Thanks very much for joining us. And don't forget to contact Saki to get more information about Sightline and all the great work that Sightline is doing for uh, for online execution. You can find Sakib's information also in the description of this podcast. And if you're watching this on YouTube or any of our channels, you will find that on your screen. This is Peter Rodriguez. I look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Thanks very much. This was Brand Igniter, a podcast from Brand Igniter Inc. Subscribe and join us next time for more insights and stories that help brand leaders achieve exceptional business results. Brand Igniter helps your organization by improving your brand strategy, upskilling your marketing teams and facilitating your strategic meetings. For more information, visit our website at brandigniter.ca.